Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Uh, Well, we have been in a series lately talking about what it looks like to be family on mission. What does it look like to be living and building a Jesus-shaped life in just a community of people? And, And our students just got back this last week from being up at retreat. And today we're going to spend a little bit of time just just telling some testimony of what God's done, celebrating the cool things that God has done in their lives. And this is just a fraction of, of, of that. Um, and then a little bit later, Pastor Jason's going to come and talk with us a little bit about what it means to be family on mission as we move forward into some new seasons. You guys with us this morning? Come on now. And so we're going to take a little time here and just talk through a little bit about what God did. And, and church, first of all, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for investing. Thank you for sending teens. Thank you for being those that made made it possible for teens to go. We had over 60 youth that were up there that connected with God in some powerful ways. They made great friendships and just had a blast together. And that's because you as a church facilitate that opportunity for them. So can we just give everybody in here a hand for taking a moment to do that? Come on. So we got five courageous souls up here today that are going to give us just a little bit of perspective of what camp was like this year. And then they're also going to give us a little perspective of of what it's been like for some years. But I asked Pastor Chris if he would take just a moment and kind of just give us the theme and the heart of what God was doing at camp this year um, and really kind of what led up to that. So we, all of our hearts can kind of be aligned with that space. Yeah. So first of all, thank you guys again. I'll just echo what Pastor Tim said. Just the, we have such a giving church. It's amazing. So, um, so many, so many kids are out there because of you guys, and so really, really thank you. Um, not by my, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So the theme this year was by His Spirit, and we just um, have this huge emphasis on the absolute need and desperation we have of the Holy Spirit being active and alive in every area of our lives. And so that that was the the overall theme, and then we we really focused uh, session to session on on just this up in and out perspective that we've been talking about as a church and just our relationship with God, our relationship with family, and then uh, our, obviously our relationship and how we, how we deal with going out, um, taking the gospel to the world. Um, and then I would say one uh, smaller uh, thing that was probably the biggest maybe besides his spirit was community. Um, just a huge emphasis on community this year and just what God wanted to do within our group. Yeah. I think obviously you watch that video and you can see those things were taking place in force in that environment. Amen. Just awesome times in the presence of God. Uh, we've asked these students to, to be up here with us, and, and we've kind of got a, a lot of different demographic here. Uh, we've got students who this was their very first year going to camp. We have students who've been for a few years, and then we've got the old guys in the back back here, uh, <laughs> that this is their last year of being involved in that space. So I've asked them to just kind of give us a little bit of insight from their life and their perspective um, for you guys to be able to hear what God was doing in them uh, kind of during this time. And then we'll ask the old guys at the end kind of what it's been like to journey. Yeah, these guys, they're old. Um, what it's been like to journey over the past few years for them of being able to be a part of these camps and these retreat moments for them. Uh, and we're going to start out with Nora because Nora's the awesomest. I'm just saying, no, you guys are awesome, but Nora's the awesomest. Agreed. Um, yeah, there's a little bias here. Um, uh, but, but Nora, give us a little bit of just perspective for you, kind of what this year meant to you, uh, just the things that you saw God do in your life and really kind of in the community of people that you were around. Uh, 
yeah, so before Winter Tree, I was like really maturing spiritually and just like in my relationships and stuff, I felt like like something was gonna change, like I could feel it coming. So I was like had really high expectations coming into Winter Retreat, but also no expectations. Like I just I always found myself like compares like comparing myself to other Christians and seeing like if I shape up. But this year I was just going in like ready for God to do whatever he wanted to do in me. So then Sunday night, which is the night everything happens, um, I like sobbed the entire night. I don't think I stopped a single time. And it was just like everything came out of me, like everything I had been building up inside of me was released. And I felt so free and light afterwards. And I still like have like that lightness, I guess. And it just like, I could see all around me too, like people I know and people I don't really know, but I could just see themselves like giving themselves entirely to God and like going completely free in worship. Like one of my friends went and she like has gone to church, but the church she went to doesn't like raise their hands or anything in worship. And she's gone to winter retreat a couple years before. And this year was the first time she ever like, before she would want to raise her hands, but wait until she saw people around her. But this year she just went all in and she like did it herself before anyone else. And like, I just feel like it was just freedom. Like it wasn't pushed, nothing was forced. It was just like people giving themselves to God, basically. You know, it's, it's really cool. You know, I, I just love Nora's testimony of bringing a friend with her along in this journey of getting to know Jesus. And uh, that's really one of the themes and really why we raise so much money to, to invest into this space is because so many of these guys' friends have no other inlet into their life of, of Jesus' people. And this generation as a whole um, has been put in some really challenging spaces in their faith and belief in God. And I just love that there's opportunities and spaces for these guys, not only to bring them on Wednesday night to youth group, but these, these environments are just something really unique about the opportunity to bring their friends and, and for them to experience God together in that journey. Amen? Isn't that incredible? Libby, uh, tell us just a little bit, uh, just out of your perspective, you've been coming to camp for a number of years now, um, and, and obviously this year had just a, it had a different feel to it. Uh, Nora kind of alluded to that. Um, talk with us just a little bit about that impact on you and kind of what that looked like for you. Yeah, so um, before Winter Retreat this year, I was doing, like, really good. Beginning of the year, you know, January, you start off new foot, like, everything's fresh. And just, like, the week before Winter Retreat, I just had this, like, feeling of laziness. Like, got out of my devotions, got out of reading my Bible. I was working through a lot of things internally. And um, I actually didn't want to go this year, even though I've gone so many times and every year has really been amazing. Like every year I've come out of it. But this year I didn't want to go because it's like, well, I'm working through so many things. And in the past, like God's spoken like one thing to me. I'm like, well, what if I don't get out of it what I want to get out of it this year? And so um, actually every single sermon we had was something that I was struggling with. And uh, that Sunday night, like Nora was saying, um, God just spoke to me, why are you limiting me? Why aren't you letting me work in your life? I've created the entire universe. I know every single, the number of every single hair on your head. I think I can help you through a couple of things that you're working through, and I want to help you with those things. And how many of you guys want to hear from God like that? Come on now. You know, that, that really is the beauty of these moments, right, is um, 
we always kind of pick on retreats because they're these mountaintop experiences. How many of you know that life is filled with ups and downs and arounds? And, and we need some of these mountaintop experiences to propel us, to catapult us forward in some of the things that God wants to do in our lives. And I, I remember as a student, these moments transforming my life, these words like what you got from God that just anchored me in a season and time in life. And, and I love, Libby, just kind of your, your, your declaration of this. I, I, I wasn't even really in my heart to go this year, and yet God still met me. And can I tell you, for each one of us, there's a lot of times where we don't want to get up in the morning and do devotion. I don't want to go to church this Sunday. I don't want to go to small group. But when we push through that moment of whatever would be uncomfortable to us, and we lean into those moments in life, how I many of those are the moments where God meets us in some powerful ways? I just love hearing about those encounters for our students with God because that's what that whole environment is created for, a place that they can go and be and belong, encounter God, grow friendships, and, and we're hearing that this morning. Um, Naya, tell, here's, here's what I want you to do. So this was Naya's first year. For those of you that don't, don't know, this is my beautiful daughter. Come on now. We actually had a very unique experience for the Fortin family this year. We had all six of our teenagers at camp this year, um, and camp will never be the same again. That's all I got to say. Uh, everybody was super excited to have all six of the Fortins, and everybody's really super excited to know that that came to an end this year, right? It, it just goes down as we, as we move forward. But kind of a cool opportunity for our family. My wife got to be up there this year and, and did some of the games and then was involved in some of the speaking moments with the students. And, and, um, and for, for uh, students that are coming in their very first year, is it a little intimidating, Naya? It's like both super exciting and a little scary, right? Um, and I was talking with you the other day, and I, and I said, um, did camp meet your expectations, and what was your answer? Do you remember that? You got to use the mic so people can... It was better. It was better. Come on. And, and you know, for our young students that are coming in, um, we, we love that there are seniors in high school and that there are middle schoolers that are coming in that get to learn and grow in that atmosphere with great adults around them, helping them journey through that. Naya, what was probably your highlight about going to camp this year? What was your favorite thing? It was probably Sunday night because, like... I've never had an experience with God like that before. Mm. Like, it was just a really strong moment. And, like, yeah, I've, I've never had a moment like that before with God. Come on. Wow. Can we give God some praise for that? <laughs> Here's the fun thing about God. He marks us in moments. And uh, he puts a hunger inside of us for things that we didn't even know that we were hungry for. That's the beauty of the presence of God. Here's what God tells us. Taste and see that I'm good, right? He invites us to this table, and I love that my daughter, at her age, stepping into middle school, had a moment with God that she'll never forget in her life, ever. And what my prayer for her now is, and I hope your prayer for these students is, is that those moments would happen over and over. They would just fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus because they've tasted and seen that he's good. And here, here's the reality of, if they don't get these opportunities to go away, if they don't get these opportunities to be around other teens that are, are pursuing God in the same way, if they don't get the opportunity to sit under leaders who are calling them to the presence of God, these moments won't happen in their life. And so church, the investment that we're making into students and into their encounters with God are significant. This little girl's life will never be the same because of that, right? Our family will never be the same. And I would say the generations to follow will never be the same because of these encounters with God. Amen? Amen. 
So let's flip to the other end of the spectrum here. Some, some old dudes. Um, for those of you who don't know, this is Carter. He's my other son. And we've got a few sons. Um, and this is my other son, Nate, but he's not really my son, but he is my son. I claim him. Um, these two have actually grown up together their entire lives. In fact, the, my wife says this all the time about them. Uh, Nate actually taught Carter how to crawl. Back in the nursery of our church, they were back there when they were little munchkins. They were both just, just kind of dudes getting, trying to figure out life. And Carter looked over and saw Nate crawling, and something happened inside of Carter, and he said, I can do that. And from that moment on, Carter started crawling. And then Nate learned how to walk before Carter, and guess what happened? Carter looked over and saw Nate and said, I can do that. And it's just kind of been the journey of their life together. Like, these, these two young men have, have got to grow up in, in children's ministries and student ministries together. This is their senior year of high school, and so this is their last year of getting to go to camp as a student. And, and they've, they've got to reap and benefit a lot of the rewards of what God's been doing in their lives over these years. Um, and as a parent, all you can hope for is your children is for opportunities like this for them to connect with God in. And so I want these two to just share briefly for a moment here, just kind of what these years of journey and travel have been for you guys, and then how this year was really kind of a capstone for that for you. And I know there's a lot of emotion and stuff involved in that, um, but just give us a little bit of the backdrop of what this has been like for you guys, winter retreats as a whole, but then also kind of where you are now in that. Yeah, sorry, my voice is, worship me, I was screaming a lot during worship, so my voice is kind of gone right now. Uh, yeah, I think this has been my fourth or fifth year going? I can't tell. I, I can't remember. But, uh, but uh, for me, every year has been a different experience. And uh, this year especially was more of an awakening and kind of like a send-off for me. Because like the first couple of years I went, it was like, let's learn. Like it's all about learning and stuff like that. And like you're, you're learning how to experience God in those moments. And I was like, when I was younger, I didn't understand that. And these camps like, help me under, uh, understand that even more. And so I could come back to church on Sundays in youth group, and I was able to uh, experience God and show people what I've learned and just be able to spend more time with God because of it. And then the past two years, last, last year when I went, was a very, like a, it was a wake-up call for me, and it was like, hey, listen, like, you're getting older, and you are, I have influence on the younger generations, and all these different things, God was just, teaching me he was just saying I like listen it's time to wake up a little bit and then this year for me it really felt like a like like if I felt like God was saying I'm proud of you Carter and like it's like you're an adult now which is weird like I've I can't believe I'm, a, I'm an adult it still feels like I'm like 13 but um, <laughs> especially when he's singing Disney songs and rocking it out come on now yeah but it, it really felt like God was saying, like, hey, like, I've been preparing you for 18 years now, and I've put people around your life, like my good friend Nate here, that I've just been walking through life with, and it's weird, because I've literally, I don't think I've ever, never not been able to hang out with Nate or talk to him, like, every Sunday, it's like, Nate, <laughs> and we just hang out, and we just talk, and our relationship has grown every year, just with winter camp, and just youth group, and I would not have gotten to know Nate the way I do without church and I would not trade that for anything Nate is like my best friend and I know I can go to him <laughs> but I just know that God put him in my life and he's put 
his older brother Corey and all my friends and Kevin's coming into our friend our friend group now and it's it's just really cool to see how God works through community like we talked about and like I know that going into adulthood I'm gonna have friends that are gonna be around me and if I ever need to call them or anything like they're gonna be right there and they'll be like yeah let's let's talk about this and so winter camp is something that has changed my life forever and I I'm so happy I got to go, and I'm so glad Chris was there for me and was just able to walk me through life. I mean, I go meet with Chris. We try to meet once a month or once or twice a month, and we just try to talk. And he is like a mentor and like a second dad to me. And so it's just it's weird growing up and just having that because, I don't know, it's just amazing. I just I can't, I can't describe how I'm feeling right now. And so, yeah. Come on. Is that good or what? Can we give him a hand? All right, Nader, give us a little of your perspective. I know it's, uh, you know, it's, it's hard as you're kind of journeying through all this to put a little bit of a kind of a, a thought or a capsule around it. But can you, can you just kind of share with us a little bit about what your journey's been in this and, and, and help us gain a little just perspective from your view on how camp has impacted you? Yeah. Um, so recap, what we basically learned today is I've taught Carter everything he knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, but, um, so, so I've been going to, <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been going to Winter Retreat for, since they restarted it going, and starting it out, it was super cool again, like, knowing that my older siblings had gone, and they were always coming back, like, oh, this is the greatest experience we've had, and I was like, I can't wait to get up there, and when I, I remember when I was first going up, like, the first couple of years, it was just so weird, because because I'm like the like the new young kid there, and then seeing everyone else who's like leaving too. Because when I was younger, we have my older siblings leaving, and just how every year has impacted me. Like I would not be the same person that I am right now if I hadn't gone that first year, and that second year, and the third year. And I will say this: <laughs> this year was probably the best year that I could have asked for having gone for my last time as a student and I'm just gonna like the last night we were up there on Sunday when everyone was worshiping I remember I was on the ground and I was worshiping and <laughs> I look up and I'm looking around and I see like Jackson and Naya and all the young kids who it's their first year coming up and I remember like as my first year, I was probably just goofing off or whatever. And I look around and I see everyone and they're like on their knees and they're like worshiping their heart out and they're crying. And just um, just the community that I've built, that this church has built, the way you guys invested in prayer and what you guys have done has been able to make this year what it is and the friendships that are going to last for years to come. And it's not just friendships because that's all family there. And you don't have to be like blood related to be family because I know that the people that I've been up there with this year, that I'm never going to lose those connections with them because of the stuff that happened. Come on. Can we give him a hand? So when we talk about family on mission, we talk about building legacy with our lives, you're seeing a physical example of what that looks like. Um, and, and here's my prayer that as a church family, we cultivate and create environment 
for our kids and our middle schoolers and our high schoolers to encounter God in very real and tangible ways. Jason gave us a statistic a, a couple weeks ago that the reality of it is, is most people who make a decision, 90% of people who make a decision for Christ do it before the age of 18. Now, I don't know about you, but that puts some urgency inside of my heart to invest well in what we see in front of us right now. And to hear the declaration, the testimony of these guys' mouths, of their connection with God, and not just with God, because that's, that's an integral part of our life, but also in the in relationships of their life, the people that are around them, the people they're going to continue to do life with. And we could bring student after student after student up here, and they would be able to share similar testimonies of what God did in them. And church, I don't know about you, but th those are the things, that's the places I want to see the investment of my life, my time, my energy, my resources go, because I want to see a generation that's going to run hard after Jesus and teach younger generations how to do that. There's some of you that have kids that are five, six, seven, eight years old. I want them looking at this generation, go, they're running after Jesus. I'm going to follow them as they run after Jesus, and they're going to experience God in some very real ways in their life. Amen? So as a church, and, and Chris, I just want to honor you for the vision um, to keep winter camp a, a thing that is so, and I would just say it is one of those things here at River Valley um, that sets uh, the tone for what God is doing, not only in our students, but I believe there's overflow into our congregation. We believe that every year. And Chris, you've done an incredible job of leading that space. I know you had an incredible team that walked with you this year. Um, and, and every year, every year there's been people who've sown into that space. Uh, but I just want to honor you uh, for pastoring and leading that space so well. Um, and, and just being a man that, that would, even, it would be way easier to not do this. It would be way easier to not plan for three or four or five months. It would be way easier to not do all of those things. But the fruit of it is sitting right here and sitting in, in these seats and is being launched into college campuses um, throughout our lifetime together because of your faithfulness to it. And so, Chris, I just want to honor you and say thank you. Can we give Pastor Chris a hand? So when we talk family on mission, we don't want to just talk a good game. We want to live a good life. We want our lives to be an example of that. And these students, and I would just encourage you, maybe connect with other students today. Ask them to tell you their camp experience. I love having the Clarks there this year, man. They are a blast. We just had so many awesome students that were there having fun together, building community and relationship, and that's what this is all about. So uh, here's, here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to transition here a little bit because we are a family on mission. So this was a wonderful moment. We believe that God is going to, to keep the momentum of this growing in our students' lives. But how many of you know there's some things that God is continuing to do that we have an opportunity to be a part of as a church family? Family. So I'm going to ask Pastor Jason to come right now, and he's going to kind of lead us into a conversation about some upcoming things that are, are, are taking place for us as a church family as we continue to live on mission. Can we give these guys one more hand real quick? So cool. How many of you would say that that's part of your story is something like this, where it's been a camp or a time away where you really encountered God during that time? Just raise your hand up. That's awesome. Yeah. God uses these moments. These are incredible moments that God uses uh, to be able to be catalyst moments uh, in lives, which is so cool. Um, I want to I just piggyback off of Carter and Nate for a second. Um, they talked about relationship, and they talked about how they have known each other their whole lives, learned from each other, grew from each other, which is awesome. Um, 
20-second, 10-second little story um, that'll jump us into what I want to talk about here for a second. Uh, when I was young, I have a, a, my best friend uh, that we've grown up together as well, and we've, we've been in life, and we've encouraged one another, and we're best friends today. We talk every week on the phone. Um, well, that relationship started in a small group. Transitional segue. But it did. It started in a small group that I was a part of since I was born. We, uh, my parents, we, they all had kids at the same time, and we all grew up together. And there was something that was powerful that happened when it wasn't just something where we saw each other at church on Sunday and said hi from across the room, but we actually were in each other's life. And I think that Nate and Carter would be able to say that what has made their relationship successful is that it didn't just end when they left the doors here on Sunday. We're getting ready today, actually, to launch into our spring semester of small groups. And the reason that I want to talk about this for a second is, is this isn't just something that we do because it's kind of fun and we can get together and, and hang out. No, this is vitally, vitally important for the life of a believer, yeah. is to be in relationship like Carter and Nate are and like so many have experienced, where you get to actually encourage one another, grow with one another. You get to travel down this journey of life together. And that's what's so, so, so awesome about small groups. And we're launching small groups today. And there's four groups that are going to be meeting this semester. And my encouragement to you would be to uh, look at them. They're in the Church Center app. You can also scan that QR code and see if there's one that you would be able to jump into to build, develop relationship. This is something that I recognize. And I told the Dream Team before uh, service this morning. Jesus picked 12 guys to do life with for three and a half years. He did not pick the multitudes to do life with. He picked 12, which that tells me something. If the son of God decided that relationship was that important, boy, we better follow suit, huh? And so what I would encourage you to do is, is to step into the space. If you've never done it and it's like, wow, the idea of like, oh, asserting myself, getting out in there into a group, you know, I promise they're only slightly awkward. They're not awkward at all. No, these are really natural places where people can be able to connect with one another. And so all the information is on there. I would encourage you to jump into one of those so you can build some relationship with other people in the body of Christ, be able to strengthen one another, be strengthened by one another, and we do this thing called family together. Can you imagine if I never talked to my family but called them family? That would be weird. So let's be a family, right? This is another avenue that we can have to be a family, okay? Last thing, and this is gonna actually take us into our discussion time today, is to talk about as a family on mission, we have something coming up, an opportunity for us to jump into that I'm actually really excited about. Uh, on April 23rd and 24th, uh, Greg Lowry is gonna be here coming up from uh, Southern California. And, uh, and he is, the God has put on, on he and his team's heart years ago, like literally pre-COVID, this was in the works pre-COVID and then had to be shut down because of the pandemic. But God had put something in his heart to say that God is getting ready to do something crazy huge in the Treasure Valley. How many of you would actually believe that God's getting ready to do something crazy here? Oh my goodness gracious. Let's try this again. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. God has his eyes on the Treasure Valley because he's getting ready to do something amazing here. And God has put something in Pastor Greg's heart to be able to come and say, listen, as a catalyst moment, as one of these mountaintop experience moments, they're going to put on 
Boise Harvest, which is a two-day time at the Extra Mile Arena where they're going to bring in Chris Tomlin, Andy Minio, a bunch of these artists that will lead us in times of worship. Pastor Greg is going to come and speak. And it is a moment, listen to me, listen to me, because there's a, there's a bad rap sometimes that gets put on these things. This is a catalyst moment to propel people into a relationship with God. And this is going to be incredible. And this is going to be an opportunity that God has planted. This isn't a human thing. This is a God thing that he has planted for us to be able to invite our neighbors, our relatives, our family members, our, the people that we work with, our, all of that to be able to experience the love of God. And this is going to be a powerful time. What I love about Boise Harvest, and this is actually why I get really excited about it, is that they aren't just a crusade that comes in, does the thing, and then leaves. No, their heart is, listen, people are going to make decisions for Christ. And they're going to go back to Southern California. But what is the church in the Treasure Valley going to stand up and do? And is the church in the Treasure Valley going to be ready to receive those who are searching for Christ and finding him? And so they're partnering with us to be ready. This looks a, a couple different ways. And I just want to present this to you today um, so that you can be ready and uh, step into this uh, on those dates. Um, there are some areas that we actually can get involved as a family on mission with making this a success. Okay, and I'm going to give you the, the, the few different um, opportunities that we have here. Um, they're, they're looking for six. I know how to count. They're looking for six areas that they're really looking for, uh, for volunteers and people in. The first one is with decision follow-up. These are people that at the end of the night come down to make a decision to follow Christ. It's the first point of contact with someone who's a believer. It's the first person they talk to after raising their hand to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Now that gives me goosebumps because that sounds really cool. How many think that sounds actually kind of cool? Being the first person to talk to somebody after they gave their life to Christ? That's pretty cool. All right. So, uh, decision follow-up. Another level to this um, is within our church, um, there are going to be people that out of this are going to be coming to River Valley through this event, okay? They're going to give cards and follow-up cards for us to be able to process and be able to go after. And here at our church, we're also going to do something with follow-up to help people walk through a new believers class to be able to answer questions that they have. Daryl Messina is actually going to be heading that aspect of it. Come on, give Daryl a hand. And, uh, and so if you would like to be part of that and actually helping people who have just made a decision to follow Christ or given their life back to the Lord again to go on this journey, I want you to talk to Daryl. Give him your name, your number, so that you can be part of that team, okay? In fact, I would say that don't leave today without doing that. Grab him after service. Make sure you guys connect, okay? The next one is they do need help with ushers, people that are a welcoming face. They, say, they said this, there are ushers and people that the venue provides to be able to greet people. <clears throat> we need to up that game a little bit, I'd say. You know, if we're going to leave it to the extra minor arena staff, oh boy, we're in trouble. Okay, so ushers, they want greeters. Um, the prayer room, there's going to be a room that goes and prays for the entire event, the entire time. If prayer is your thing, that is the engine room where you can get involved and plug in. Security team, Chris. Uh, <laughs> security team, they have that, and so that's in place. Uh, merch booths, they do have merchandise, and here's what the merchandise does, just so everyone has, a, has an idea. They sell merch that pays for the Bible that every person gets down at the altar. The merch doesn't go to them. It doesn't go to paying the event. It goes to providing the Bible that they need down at the, down at the front. So really cool. So the merch... And then tech crew, if you are interested in sound and lighting and all that kind of stuff, they are putting together a crew for that. Okay, make sense? Yeah. 
So I present those things to you because this QR code as well as that address will get you to their website where you can sign up for a specific area to get involved with and then they will be following up and working on training and all that kind of stuff. Now, I think that it would be so cool if River Valley, we said as a church, as a family, we're going to do this because we're investing in the people that are going to come to Christ. We're not investing in an event. We're investing in the future of what the kingdom is going to do here, right? And so think about that. Look into that. Pray about it. Uh, additionally, you have stickers. So there's swag out there at Next Steps. or at, Yeah, at Next Steps, there's swag. There's stickers of two different kinds here, right? They do have bumper stickers. So you can, if you like putting all that stuff on your car, they're right out there. Good. I have to be very careful with the bumper stickers that I put on my car because I drive a Subaru. Um, <laughs> just have to. <laughs> if you drive a Subaru, you got to be real careful. Um, and then there are invitations out there that you can get. Now, here's what I would ask you to do with the invitation is to grab them and hold on to them. Don't hand them out yet. And the reason that they've actually asked us to do this is because if we give them all out now, people, by the time the event comes, are going to be like, what? Grab these and, you, and we'll be able to tell you as we get closer when we're going to start handing these out. Okay. So grab some of those. Now, as we conclude service today, the biggest and most important part of this entire thing is prayer. And, uh, and not just general prayer, although that is very important, but specific prayer over people that we are believing are going to come to know Christ. We all know people who need Jesus. Would you agree? I'm thinking about my neighbors. My neighbors um, are incredible people. And I'm praying that this is going to be a catalyst moment for them. They need Jesus. And so what we're going to do today, you each got one of these as you came in. These are really basic. And what it is, is it's to identify five people who you want to be praying for from now until the Boise Harvest to be able to be there, to come, and to experience the love of God. Okay? And they break them into five categories. It's a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a coworker, and an other if anybody can tell me what an other is, that would be great. I, I don't know. But, but I would say you don't have to follow these prompts, right? Thinking through five people that God puts on your heart to be able to uh, pray for, okay? And it's duplicated. There's a place here to write it, and there's a place here. In our discussion groups today at the end of service, we are going to fill these out together, and then we are going to spend some time in our groups praying for the people that we put down. And we're going to start this whole momentum of prayer today. Does that sound good? And so you're going to take some time to do that. On your way out, the ushers, um, the hosts, excuse me, uh, are going to be at the doors. Alonzo's here, and so, okay, yeah, Doug is going to be over here. And uh, as you go out, this perforates and tears off. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to keep this. This goes in your Bible. This stays with your stuff so that you can remember to pray on a regular basis. This goes in the basket, and these will get divided up to our staff who will also be praying for these same people. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to get a bunch of these on my desk. And I'm going to start praying for and agreeing with you and the people that you are agreeing for and praying for to, uh, to come to know the Lord. Okay? Does that make sense? Okay. So that is what we are going to do today to wrap up the service. Again, we are a family on mission. And that looks a bunch of different ways. And this is one of the areas that we get to step into loving our valley.